You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. We made it to a Friday. It's a meat Friday at that. I don't even know what the menu is because we have an expert griller in. Usually it's Tyler, the moderator. But uh, we flew in Chad and his lovely assistant, Julie, and they are out there in Traegerville. I know prime rib is on the menu, but other than that, I have not seen the uh, the individual items here. Nobody. No, no, no I, oh. I got to get to that. Can't wait. Who has it better than we do? Nobody. So Chad is a champion griller from Traeger, and he is in the building. Well, he's outside the building. As I have my monitor here. We have, I don't know how many monitors here. We probably have 20 cameras. So I'm keeping an eye on the grilling area, and Chad's out there with his uh, girlfriend, Julie, and they are, there's all four Traeger grills fired up there. Not sure exactly what we have, but uh, maybe we'll get somebody on it. Maybe somebody in the back room could get me the menu of what we're going to have. Oh, buddy. No, no, not yet. Yes, Paul. You're like watching Mozart back in France yes, a couple I- hundred years ago. This is great. <laughs> all right, come on in. Stay a while. We'll talk to Brady Quinn. He joins us on Fridays, and uh, we'll recap what we saw last night. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk will join us. We'll try to make sense of what's going on with COVID, with your teams, and what it's going to be like this weekend. Usually when you have your quarterbacks there, we're okay. It's when you don't have your starting quarterback and you go, wait, Nick Mullins is going to be the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns? What happened to Case Keenum? No, he's in COVID protocol, and he's not allowed to play either. And Baker, probably not allowed to play. And Kevin Stefanski probably won't coach. And that's Saturday against the Raiders. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner, and our radio affiliates around the country, including the Fox Sports Radio lineup. Play of the day, stat of the day, poll question, all of that forthcoming as far as uh, the phone number 877-3DP-SHOW email address dp at danpatrick.com twitter handle at dp show it wasn't pretty last night but Kansas City Chiefs hung tough beat the Chargers in overtime taking a commanding lead in the AFC West you know the Chiefs formula is simple now they have played good defense at times great defense but it comes down to Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill Chargers defense knew what it was going to come down to and still couldn't stop them. Kelsey was great. Nearly 200 receiving yards, game-winning touchdown in overtime. Hill had 148 and a tough touchdown catch. Mahomes, he deserves credit, had a couple of mistakes, but made some big plays. And normally, he'll make these big plays on plays where you go, how did he do it? And then the simple plays, you'll go, how did he not do it? But for the most part, you thought the Chargers were going to be in control. And maybe you thought there's a changing of the guard. Maybe the Chargers are going to be the team to beat in the division. They left a lot of points on the field, going for it on fourth down repeatedly. And they failed many times, too many times. Meanwhile, the Chiefs, they showed their resiliency and proved once again, when you have Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill, you're going to be in any game. As far as the fourth down calls, here's Brandon Staley. He's the head coach of the Chargers. You know, I felt really comfortable with all those decisions. And, uh, you know, the first one, it's a... 
you know, a perfect pass and, and, you know, just you have this, this really, you know, tragic thing happen, you know, on the way down. And, uh, you know, the one at the end of the half, I, I, I love that. And, and then it just, you know, you know, we just missed Jared on the stick, you know, and um, that's the way we're going to play around here. That's the way we're going to play. And, um, you know, when we have a quarterback like ours and we have an offense like ours, that's the way we're going to play because that's how you need to play against Kansas City for sure. Um, and that's how uh, we're going to become the team that we're ultimately capable of being is, is by playing that way. It's quite a weapon when you're already in the other team's head where they know there's a certain number of points that the Chargers probably said, we can't kick field goals. Now you score 28 you would think against Kansas City's defense that that would be enough because that's a lot of points this year against that Kansas City defense. In your mind, you're going, we got to score touchdowns, not field goals because Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill. I don't know what the analytics say because do the analytics factor in Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill or do they just say, oh, fourth and two at this place on the field in this situation, you got to go for it. Well, if I factor in the analytics and you say I got Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill fourth and two, that's different than, say, the Chicago Bears going for it on fourth. Sorry, Paulie. It was too easy. So that's why analytics kind of drive me crazy a little bit here. Because if you say Brady and Gronk uh, or Zach Wilson and who's ever the tight end of the Jets. So the analytics are going to tell you something. And I know the Chargers do this. I like it. Makes for great TV. But also, when they went for it at the end of the first half, now there's a couple things that happen. When you go for it, fourth and one, fourth and two, and it's at the end of the first half, well, you don't get the benefit of if we don't make it, they start at the one or two yard line because the half's going to end. So that's where you kick a field goal. You've got to come away with points. And I thought that that was a, a really glaring mistake. Because at the time I said, well, it doesn't matter. Kansas City gets it there at the two. So what? Half's going to end. You're not going to get the ball back. Kick the field goal on fourth down. And it felt like you were moving the ball enough. You got a great quarterback, a couple of great wide receivers. And it felt like you were moving the ball. And But I think in their minds, certainly Brandon Staley's mind, it's like we have to get to 35 points or some magical number, and that's what Kansas City does to you. It's like, oh, my God, this is a shootout. we got to keep scoring. You can't kick field goals. Yes, Eden. It feels like everything you just said, though, are reasons that you go for it on fourth. You have, you have the right players. You have a great offense. You're moving the ball well. Why are we taking the three when we can get the six? But if you don't get it, then you don't get the benefit of they're backed up and we'll get the ball in great field position again. That was my only knock on the fourth. Going for it on fourth was the one time at the end of the first half. The other times, I'm fine with it. I, you know, I would love to play for a coach who believes in the offense. And you, really, you're saying you believe in the defense too. But, but that one time, you got to come away with points. The other times, you know, that's that's his philosophy, and I respect that. Plus, it's great TV. Yes, he. Yeah, I really like that soundbite from Brandon Staley. That like he's he's a guy who has a vision and has a plan and has absolute belief in where him and his team are going as a player i would be like hell yeah and doug peterson did this a couple of years ago with the eagles and won a super bowl and i don't know if he was factoring analytics or just factoring in the talent that he had or that's just his philosophy here's justin herbert the chargers qb on not converting fourth downs 
it's, it's always tough, and you'd love to, to be able to convert those. And uh, I think we need to be better on third down so we're not in those situations. But we believe in each other. We believe in the guys in that locker room and that huddle, and we believe in the defense. And so I think that's a statement of trusting everyone on the field and, and off the field as well. And, um, you know, we'd love to be put in those situations. And, and unfortunately, we didn't convert as many as we would have liked to have today. But, um, you know, it's we're going to ride with each other, and, and we're going to be right back. And I love that. And that's what I want to hear. And I love that. That's the coaching philosophy. It's just the the fourth and goal at the end of the first half. You got to get you got to get points. And that's where I would have kicked the field goal. This program brought to you by Impeller. Empower your investment portfolio with opportunities in Puerto Rico. Impeller, a new online tool that connects investors with innovative projects on the island available now. Impeller is your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico. Learn more at investpr.org slash impeller. Get the phone calls coming up. By the way, I do believe that there have been two overtime games in the history of SoFi Stadium, and both have been between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Chiefs have won both. Stat of yeah! the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? stat of the day. Top. Smoked prime rib, Cornish game hen, king crab legs, squash casserole, garlic mashed potatoes, pesto Christmas rolls, smoked salmon. Oh, I'm not done. Cranberry bourbon smash cocktails. No, no. Molasses and snickerdoodle cookies. Who has it better than us? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Tyler, okay. Tyler got kicked to the curb, though. Chad comes in, all of a sudden takes over the kitchen. Tyler spent all day, all morning playing with my puppy. <laughs> Just mumbling to yeah. Winnie. Yeah. I think he's so great. Yeah. I cooked yeah. every week in here. That's... <laughs> Winnie, they don't even understand. Yes, McLovin. I don't think this is as good as when Tyler made Sloppy Joe's three okay. weeks ago. Oh, yeah. that's not. Hey, you're this, dead man walking, you know? Yeah. You don't have an opinion anymore. I made tofu the last time I had meat Friday. <laughs> Although you can take shots if you want to going out the door. Oh, but. yeah. Uh, no, the Sloppy Joe's were awesome, by the way, just to be clear. Wow. That is, I mean, that's a feast. That's a feast of resistance. And you're cooking every week. Nobody even says thank you. Stupid. Every week. You know, busting my ass. In that compared kitchen. me to Alan and like, the, oh, chicken again? Yes. Yeah, did a good job. Jerks. Chad comes in. Come on, Winnie. Let's yeah, go get some let's biscuits. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Playing with my puppy. <laughs> let's go eat some biscuits yeah. together, Winnie. Yeah. That's how good, when people say, how good are these dog biscuits that you're selling? Bang biscuits. Tyler eats them. I mean, it's like snacks for him. Yeah, he's crushing them. Sometimes I'll go out there and I'll go, Tyler, what are you doing? He goes, I, I don't know. I was just going to eat a couple of these. I said, those are for the puppy. Yes, McLovin. Can I take one more shot? Yeah. When Chad was in, Alan used to try to pretend he was sort of the equal chef with him. I Did you ever notice that? Oh, yeah. Our IT guy, Alan. And, uh, you know, because I said, oh, you're kind of a sous chef. And he goes... No, chef. I go, oh, okay. Say things like, oh, you're salting that again, huh? <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. Aren't you supposed to be cleaning up after Chad? <laughs> Ar- arms folded, looking around the corner. That's not the way I do it. Yeah. A little armchair quarterbacking, armchair cooking. Oh, brown sugar, huh? It's oh, interesting. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Not very uh, creative. That's the feast that we have here. McLovin, what's the poll question we're going to go with? Okay. 
Yesterday we asked, you could sign one guy for the next 10 years, Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes. Did anything happen last night that would change anyone's opinion on that question? No. I mean, I, I, I still... Brady's going to be the MVP. I think Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback in the NFL, still. I think when he is great, he makes it look easier than anybody else. But if you said I could have Mahomes for 10 more years or Herbert, I'm taking Mahomes. But if you had the first pick and took Mahomes and I get Herbert, I'm fine with that. I think Mahomes can do incredible things. At times, he can't do the normal things, the average things, the regular things. And and that's concerning because you get caught up in the, well, this is who I am. This is my identity. I'm supposed to do this. People come to expect this. The no-look passes. Okay, you still got to take care of business with the regular items. And at times, it seems like he he's looking for the big the big play, the highlight. Yeah, Paul. I look at a guy like Justin Herbert like the Chargers did it. They got it. Mm-hmm. They're not ha- they don't have to worry about their quarterback situation for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. There's only about six teams in the league who have no doubts. Like the Bills have no doubts. You know, the Chiefs have no doubts. But a team like um, you know, the Rams are okay now, but they weren't with Jared Goff. Jared Goff was good, but not like, well, I, I have doubts. Yeah, but you have Stafford with the Rams, but for how long? You have Rodgers with the Packers for how long? You have Brady with the Buccaneers for how long? Ben, you know, Ben with the Steelers. You know, the Bengals are set. Chiefs are set. Chargers are set. Um Feels like the Cowboys better be set. Mac Jones with the Patriots feel like they're set. I don't think the Jets are set. I don't know if the Bears are set. The 49ers doesn't seem like they're set. The Jags, they're set. Are the Vikings set? Yeah, Seton. Is this a new segment, Set or Not Set? (laughs) Set or Not Set. (laughs) Brought to you by... Coming up next, we'll play Set or Not Set. (laughs) They are so unset. Yeah. Swagoo? Yeah, if you could get a sponsorship. That's all that matters. I remember when we would do Sports Center, and if they thought that they could sponsor the uh, Coors Light six-pack of questions. Six-pack of questions. <laughs> Robbed you, bud. <laughs> and then they'd bring in John Clayton. Under Army. It was, how do we sell this? And then all of a sudden, it became something that was... <laughs> You had an advertiser there. Yeah, Paul. Guys, I only got five questions for Tomlinson. You got to have six. No, you have to have that's six. That's a six pack of questions. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by. Uh, I remember going to management and complaining about the voiceover guy. 40 ounces of info. Yeah, yeah I did. I, and I never met him. I don't know who it is, but it, it just sounded. It sounded corny. Brought to you by... 30 years later. Yeah, he's still killing it, and here I am kicking cans to the curb. (laughs) I always like Oberman better. (laughs) This talking hairdo's overrated. All (laughs) righty. Anywho. Anywho. Damn, Rhett never makes fun of me. Let's uh, take a break. Phone calls coming up. We'll settle on a poll question. The popular Brady... You see my text return. (laughs) Uh, we'll talk to Brady Quinn. He'll join us uh, coming up. He was he was very defensive about the criticisms with Urban Meyer. This is before Urban got fired. We'll see if Brady still feels that way. Uh, we told you we thought Kenny Pickett was not going to play in the Peach Bowl, and it turns out Kenny Pickett is not playing in the Peach Bowl. Kenneth Walker is not playing in the Peach Bowl as well. 
most of your big-time players probably aren't going to be playing in these meaningless bowl games. Once we expand the playoffs, then that's when we're going to have a conversation or controversy. We're taking a break. Uh, We're back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. There's a new app that can save you time and money, make it easier to manage your investments. It's the Stiefel Wealth Tracker app. When it comes to managing your investments, knowing where you stand is half the battle. Stiefel Wealth Tracker lets you build your personal balance sheet, track your net worth over time. You can securely link all of your financial accounts, and they use bank-level encryption. They monitor how all your investments are performing in one place. Stiefel Wealth Tracker gives you direct access to Stiefel's award-winning equity research, investment strategy views. Stiefel's helped clients managing their investments for over 130 years. When you need professional guidance, Stiefel Wealth Tracker connect to a Stiefel financial advisor as well. Get the help you need. Best of all, Stiefel Wealth Tracker app, completely free. You can download it, App Store, Google Play, or at stiefel.com slash tracker. You spell Stiefel, S-T-I-F-E-L, dot com slash tracker. Tell them we sent you. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz Vans, build equipped, engineered to be ready for anything, go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership. Today, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports College and NFL studio and game analyst, former NFL quarterback, and uh, co-host, two pros and a cup of Joe, alongside LeVar Arrington and Jonas Knox. You can uh, catch them, Fox Sports Radio, weekdays from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern. That leads right into our award-nominated program. McLovin, what are the numbers on the Cleveland Browns here? How many starters are listed as out? All right, of the regular units, I'm counting 12 out of 22 are listed as out now on ESPN.com's depth chart. And we're down to the third string quarterback. Brady, if the Browns needed you this weekend against the Raiders, could you help them if they simplified the playbook? Yeah, yeah. I mean, ironically, I'm I'm actually in the state of Ohio right now, back home in Columbus. So it it wouldn't Mm. be too hard of a trip to make that happen. So uh, anything for the Browns. Now, it might take me a little while to get warmed up, uh, (laughs) but once I get in there, yeah, I'd do anything for the Brownies. What do you think is going to happen here? Do we get to the point where you know, we have to pause the season? I hope not. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not a medical expert by any mean, means, but there was a show called Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. So I will try to put that hat on for a second. Um, you know, at some point we're going to have to handle, and I think the NFL is coming to this conclusion, as well as the NFLPA for that matter, asymptomatic cases versus symptomatic cases. And as we move on, you know, if we're going to be putting players out there and the players obviously realize they're at risk at any point in time by choosing to play. Um, you know, we need to realize that as much as we can test everything we want, there's still going to be players who still contract the virus through whatever means. Now, we haven't seen a case where it's happened during a game, but obviously during the weeks and practice and in their social time, that's where this is occurring. But the truth of the matter is they're going to have to start letting players play who are asymptomatic. It may sound controversial, but at least to the best of my knowledge and everything I read from medical experts – you're not a risk then to passing it on. And, and, and really, let's be real about this. If a player is asymptomatic but has the flu virus in them, there's countless guys who played. I played in games where I was sick. 
but still wanted to fight through and play for it. So I understand we want to treat COVID differently because of right now, everything that's happened in the past couple of years, but at some point, every professional sports league is going to have to start looking at it similar to how we've looked at other viruses in the past. Um, but I still don't understand why we can't go to a model where we play on a Tuesday or we play on a Wednesday. Like, I'm the type of guy that loves football. And when we did it last year, I thought it was actually a great experiment to see, like, hey, let's start to put games in primetime on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and let's see how they perform. Uh, I personally like that a lot better than cramming a bunch of games at 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock on a Sunday where we could sit down and really have a chance to watch Tennessee or Buffalo like we did a year ago. Uh, and, and for all those gamblers out there, there's probably a little more action, too, on that specific game. We were just talking about how many teams are set at their quarterbacks quarterbacking position so there's no doubt about it now i'm factoring in the packers with aaron Rodgers. you know that's not going to last much longer ben with the steelers that's not going to last much longer even brady with the buccaneers is maybe you know two or three years away but you got mahomes and you got justin herbert those two teams are set uh you're set i guess in jacksonville with trevor lawrence new england with mac jones um are Joe you, Burrow, Kyler yes, Murray. Yes. Uh, are you set? Those are the two. Are you set in Cleveland? I think they are. I think they'll eventually end up agreeing to a long-term deal. Now, I might be in the minority there. Now, you didn't mention Josh Allen. He's the other name that and, comes to mind. And Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. Um, so those are the two. I, I personally am a Baker fan. I think he will get that long-term deal eventually. Uh, and, and I think they can win with him. And this year, he's playing with a lot of different things going on. Um, so, you know, that, that to me is one in that category, uh, outside of that, I'm, I'm trying to kind of search through, you know, the Raiders with Derek Carr, he's put up tremendous numbers there. I think he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the NFL, given everything he's dealt with on the field, off the field, their roster, the defense has been atrocious. They're better this year, but that's been a team that struggled mightily out around him. He once again, doesn't have a number one wide receiver. As good as Darren Waller is, that's still the tight end spot. You still need to compliment to that, much like we saw last night with KC, with, with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So he's another one who I'd throw into that category, I mean, and that may not hit people the right way, but I'm sorry, you, you put him on some of these other teams, I think he's going to have a more successful career in regards to wins and losses. Dak Prescott's also in there. The Cowboys better be set, given what they're paying him. Um, is Seattle set at their quarterbacking position? Well, yeah, I mean, he falls into probably the Ben Roethlisberger category, right? Like he, they're they're set for now, but ish. you know, I just don't know how ish. I don't know how you leak out what happened last year in the offseason <laughs> and then think that like every offseason you're not going to have to answer this question until something else happens. And and I, but look, I think there's a lot of questions like for the New York Giants: Are they buying into Daniel Jones? Mm-hmm. If not, I am swinging for the fences and fly taking a private jet over to Seattle and seeing what I can work out to get Russell Wilson to the New York Giants, because I think there would be mutual interest. Yeah, I think he'd love to be in that market where he's not you know, caught up in the Pacific Northwest where he can't even get an MVP vote for as good as he's played. Uh, and I think you put him on that team with the roster of talent they have out around him and an offensive line that struggled, but I think through the draft next year, they could get better, but also his mobility can make it better. I just think he all of a sudden skyrockets the Giants back up to where they want to be, and that's probably competing for a division at Super Bowl. Would you take Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins? Oh, that's a tough question. Oh, man. I mean, 
Well, how many games are on Monday Night Football? <laughs> so if I don't have him in prime time, you're going to take Kirk, one o'clock games. Kirk Cousins. One o'clock games. games Kirk Cousins. Man, it's lights out. One o'clock. I mean, I'm just telling you what history tells us. Like, what is he? One and nine on Monday he's, night. It's an it, odd stat. He's lights on, not lights out. Yes. Yeah. He's lights well on. Put. I mean, there is something to everyone's circadian rhythm, right? Not to like try to talk about people's heads, but maybe he's just like better plan for those one o'clock games, maybe even four o'clock games than prime time on Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night. All right. Let's dissect last night. I mentioned a couple of things that I'm, I'd love that the chargers go for it on fourth down. I, I think it sends a great message to your team that this is who we are. And I have confidence in you. The going for it on fourth down at the end of the first half, I didn't understand because if you don't make it, then you have the chiefs in horrible position. Well, the, the half is ending, Brady. It's over. You got to kick a field goal in that situation. The other ones, you want to go for it, fine. We can maybe nitpick on the play calling. But I had a problem at the end of the first half not getting three points. And, and I wonder how much the, the fourth down earlier that was dropped that they could have converted for a touchdown, how much that, that played into it, right? Like they should have scored a touchdown and they should have yeah. converted that and, and thoughts and prayers too. Obviously, I hope the player's okay. But, you know, the reality is I wonder how much of that played a factor into the feeling of all that. Because I'm with you. I'm thinking in my head, just take the points, move on to the second half. This isn't the time to, to take that risk necessarily. But, you know, you also have Justin Herbert as your quarterback. And, and I think the message he is sending, and, and you're right, it's the, it's the entire team. Like it's the Justin Herbert in your offense saying, we think that highly of this kid, we're going to give him four downs in a lot of circumstances, not three. And that might change the way we look at football or how teams approach us, but it, it's going to change the way I think a lot of pe people look at football, especially when you got a quarterback like Justin Herbert. But it's also telling your defense, if we don't get it, we believe in you yeah. being able to get us the football back to this guy. So, But explain the analytics, message. though, Brady, because analytics don't factor in. It's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill going for it on fourth down. You know, if, if it's is, the Jets is, or Jacksonville, you can't use the same analytics. I personally hate even the analytics conversation because I think it's too nuanced. There's too many variables. Yeah. I mean, for starters, your game plan alone changes drastically week to week with the personnel groupings you want to try to utilize to find that matchup versus your opponent, their scheme, you know, depending on what type of cover three zone they play, teams play them differently. So how you go about preparing those route concepts are differently. The blitz packages are different. So in all those scenarios, and you better believe on fourth down in particular, we would, you know, we would put on the game plan, got to have it plays. There's some teams who are going to bring the house depending on where you're at, especially down in the red zone. There's some teams who are going to play all covers. They're going to drop eight. So you have different, you know, a different preparation for each one of those. So there's so many variables just with your opponent and that situation, let alone your own personnel and who's out there and that matchup and how your personnel matches up against them. And, and then injuries and everything else and, and flow of the game. I think last night's decision by Brandon Stanley was more flow of the game. He saw earlier, like, hey, we should have had that. It should have been a touchdown. Yeah. We feel confident about what we're seeing. Let's go for it here. And, and by the way, we are playing the Chiefs. So maybe if they're playing the Jets, as you said, you take the points, you move on. But because it's the Chiefs, you kind of feel like we have to take these chances of scoring touchdowns. We can't afford to take our foot off the gas at any point in time. Yeah, and I understand that, that the Chiefs get in your head more than any other team in the NFL where you go, we got to get, we got to get touchdowns, not field goals. And I understand that philosophy, but at the end of the first half, I got to have points. I don't want to go in that locker room going, man, we failed on fourth again. Do you, did Patrick Mahomes have a great game, good game, or just okay game last night? 
Uh, I thought he had a good game. I thought he had a good game. I don't know that I called a great game. I thought the fourth quarter was was great for him there kind of towards the end. I mean, besides one one pass in particular, it's going to get a lot of play. I mean, it's funny. You can have a great game, but as a quarterback, when you have that one bad pass that like easily was a layup for you and you miss it, you burn it into the ground like that, it's hard to ever come away saying it was a great game. Like you could, you could barely miss it. You could be just off. Maybe you feel better about it. But when it looks that bad, when it's that wide open, I don't know that you'll ever come away saying it was a great game. So, it, look, it was a good win. It was a good game for him. Uh, but the scary thing is I still think, like, the best is ahead for yeah. this team and for this offense right now. Okay, if I said, Patri- you know, Patriots got the Colts coming up this weekend on Saturday. Better team right now in the AFC, Patriots or the Chiefs? Chiefs. I just – I think they're too talented, the run that they're on right now. I, I love – look, I love everything that – you know, Bill Belichick has done this year. I think, you know, I'm kind of in the Cliff Kingsbury category where you could probably give it to Bill Belichick every year, but this, at least in my lifetime, may be the best coaching job that he's done because of everything he did back in the offseason, the way this defense has come along this year, bringing along Mac Jones and then just, you know, getting Mac Jones where they got him. They didn't have to trade up to get him. They sat where they were, they take him, and they plug him in an offense that plays to all his strengths, and they surround him with some playmakers, which obviously was needed, but – you know, I, I kind of look at where they are right now, and I, and I wonder, you know, can they beat an Indianapolis team that's going to try to run the football down their throat, create some big plays in the pass game with Carson Wentz? Uh, and it's hard to buy into that, where if, if the Chiefs are playing the Colts, I don't have any reservations about, you know, looking at the Colts. Colts are probably – or excuse me, the Chiefs are probably favored in that matchup. You know, whereas now you're looking at the Patriots, they're a two-and-a-half-point underdog. So that, that's where I think the difference is when you compare those two teams right now is the Chiefs get the benefit of the doubt – because of how explosive their offense can be. The best team in the NFC right now is? Green Bay Packers. Okay. I think the way they're playing right now, I'd, I'd put them in that category. I mean, the Bucs are, are, are right up there too. It's kind of hard to say that. And you could have made that argument for the Cardinals, but it was a pretty damning loss on Monday night. I mean, they got physically beat up. That, that score wasn't indicative of how that game felt just watching it. And really from the first stat where Aaron Donald wanted to kind of prove a point. Uh, like people people maybe forgot about me as far as this discussion <laughs> of the best defensive player in the NFL. Like Michael Parsons has been phenomenal, but it's like, hey, I've been here for a while, won multiple awards for this. Uh, don't forget about me either. So that, uh, that made me feel like, hey, maybe we should worry about the Rams all of a sudden becoming a sleeping giant as they build some momentum moving forward. He's Brady Quinn, the uh, former Notre Dame and Cleveland Brown quarterback. He's uh, with two pros and a cup of Joe. That's the uh, morning program on Fox Sports Radio with LeVar Arrington and Jonas Knox, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern. I want to be fair to you with the Urban Meyer quote that you had. Uh, This was prior to him getting fired, um, but you were, I think, basically calling out the media that were being unfair to Urban Meyer. I I don't want to put words in your mouth. That's why I'm going to leave it to you to explain what you meant by it. Yeah, I think the quote I had got taken out of context a little bit because I said it was applied to all college football coaches. Anytime, and you can look at the track record for Cliff Kingsbury, go back and look at the quotes when he first got there, people question, hey, why does he deserve to be here? He had, didn't have success at the college level at Texas Tech. Why should he be the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals? You know, we, we tend to question those guys. Matt Rule, you know, why is he here? You know, why is he in Carolina? which, you know, looking at what he did from year one to year two, they've already equated the same amount of wins. The quarterback position has kind of been a disaster this year, yet they still end up probably improving, having at least one or two more wins when it's all said and done than they did a year ago. And so I always just wonder why the media tends to be so negative or pessimistic about the opportunity for a college coach to come in and do the job. Now, 
I'm not naive enough to think that just from playing in the NFL that there's not drastic differences between the two. And you might need to give that college coach a longer leash, a la look at Cliff Kingsbury. How about them apples? How's that working out right now? But I think that was the similar that was the, the similar statement I'd make for Urban Meyer is there are people doing victory laps right now, Dan. Like they're going back for a fifth year of college because he got fired. And I'm like, I don't know what head coach in 13 games, who might I add, he did surpass their win total from a year ago, is turning around that organization. They've been a bad organization for a while. They've drafted in the top 10 every year since 2008. They're not, they haven't been a good organization, a good football team for a while, with the exception of one miracle season, they go to the AFC Championship game. And so to think that in 13 games, a coach who's never coached at that level before is going to figure it out. I mean, call it naive, call it whatever you want, but the reality is no one gave Urban Meyer a chance on the way in with at least the, the way the media talked about him. And what that means is they never gave him a chance to make mistakes. Now, granted, he made a lot of mistakes, like especially some of the public ones and things that you know he, he has owned up to and the things that he did. But I think Shad Khan had to have realized when he hired him, and he pursued him, by the way, for a while. I can <laughs> trust me on that. I think he, he, he had to have realized what he was getting himself into. Like this wasn't going to be like a hey, year, year one turnaround, maybe not year two, maybe by year three or four. So, you know, there's a lot of parts to blame in all of this. But I think how the media in general treats college football coaches trying to come to the NFL level and make that jump, to me, is always with this air of, of pessimism. And meanwhile, we give other coaches passes, like Zach Taylor, who what, won six games his first two years. And that, what were his qualifications coming into it? Now, they look better now in large part because of Joe Burrow on that roster, but it's just odd how we handled the two. But also, it's, it's really inside the organization that I think people had a problem with. It was Urban's style. And, you know, you can, you can – nobody said anything about Zach Taylor and his personality in Cincinnati. But then the expectations weren't where Urban was. We expected, oh, here comes Urban. Okay, mastered college. He's going to do it in the NFL. It was the personality traits that came out. I didn't think he was the right guy for the job. I don't think he's a pro coach. you got to get somebody who understands how to develop, you know, Trevor Lawrence. Said that from the beginning. Ryan Day would have been a better coach than Urban Meyer with Jacksonville. And I firmly believe that. Not even factoring in the personality part of this. He's younger and he'll develop a quarterback better than Urban would. It's the personality traits that came out, Brady, and I think that's where people had a real problem. Well, first off, I'll say this. He's had success everywhere he's, he's gone. Yes. So the biggest issue was you can get away with coaching pretty much whatever way you want when you win. But when you're hard on people, players, coaches as well, and people in the organization in this case, and you're not winning, that's when it becomes an issue. Because winning cures all illnesses. You can have a terrible working relationship with someone, but if you're hitting your quota in sales or you're making a bunch of money or you're winning football games, you can deal with it. Like, life's good. But in this case, that wasn't the case. Everyone feels miserable. And, and look, I was on you know, bad football teams in the NFL. And, and it's a hard, hard thing to deal with on a week-to-week basis when you're not winning football games. It really is. And so I think one of the hardest things that he had to figure out and learn, and he never got enough time, time to do it, was how to lose, like how to learn from your losses. Like that's like a great life lesson for people. Yeah. It's like, it's not the worst thing to lose. It's just, you got to learn from it. And he never really lost. I mean, what was he like 187 and 32 in his college career coaching? I mean, think about that. That's staggering. And the NFL, you know, nowadays with, with 17 games, right? 
you're 10 and seven, you're in the playoffs. And you've, you've nearly lost half the amount of games you played. Nine and eight may even make it. Who knows? But that's the reality is I don't know that he ever was given time to figure that out in 13 games. And, and I don't, you know, maybe that's more of the question. I think the other thing you point out though about Ryan Day is Ryan Day is more of hands-on with things. He's not like the CEO type coach. He's going to be a part of the play calling. He's going to be a part of that quarterback room and developing C.J. Stroud or whoever the next quarterback will be at Ohio State or whoever's already been there. You know, Coach Meyer has more of a CEO type mentality. He lets his coaches coach, but they have to bear the responsibility for the decisions that they make and how their installs, their scheme, what they're going about doing. What's he do next? What's Urban do next? Well, I would not. I mean, I don't know. He'd probably join us at Fox at some point. I mean, that would be my guess. You know, he at some point he comes back on our desk. Um, I, I don't know that I reached out to him. Haven't heard back from him yet, which obviously I'm sure he's he's doing with a lot. But if Bob uh, Stoops is, is Bob Stoops is leaving the Fox pregame show, right? Wait, I, I, I mean, if he was, I don't know that. I mean, that'd be news to me. But um, you know, who knows? Maybe we create another chair for him. Or if Coach Stoops did leave, then. I assume, you know, there'd be a spot there for Coach Meyer. Maybe they'd add a spot for him. I don't know. Um, I enjoyed working with, with him. I enjoyed working with Coach Stoops. So well, and you said uh, you wanted to get, you wanted to get rid of Liner so you could get Liner out of there and then you could put <laughs> Stoops in. I first off, Matt and I are probably the closest up there on the set together. So oh, don't go try to drive. You can say that like you that. can say that publicly. What we talk about behind the scenes, my bad. <laughs> Should have stayed off the record. Yeah, by the way. By the way, Dan, thanks for the Christmas card. It really was heartfelt that you decided to reach out and send us a Christmas card. You are so welcome. You, you are welcome. Yeah. I can't keep That's how track. Close we are. I can't keep track of all the houses that you have. You know, you're all <laughs> yeah, all over the place. All the places you played. You know, that's like ten places. So you got a house in Seattle and who knows, you know, L.A., Florida, Ohio. Yeah. That was actually – I never owned a place in Seattle, but that was probably the most difficult moving out from that place because uh, the place I was renting, the landlord was really upset about it. And I remember saying to the landlord, I'm like, you think you're upset? Like, I've never been cut before. How do you think I feel? Like, I've, I've been in the NFL seven years now. It's the first time I've been cut. I'm, I'm, I'm almost 30. Like, how do you think I'm feeling? Like, you think I'm worried about whether or not, like, you get your deposit back? I don't care. I'm, I'm trying to figure my life out right now, you know, but this landlord was like, oh, oh, you know, now we're not trying to get on the lease. I was like, yeah, I'm not living here anymore. I'm going to play for the Jets. Like, give me a break. Can you at least have a little sympathy for the situation? Thank you, bud. Uh, Thanks for joining us and uh, have fun in Ohio. Will do. Thank you, man. That's Brady Quinn. Two pros and a cup of Joe. LeVar Arrington, Jonas Knox. All right, we'll take a break. We got our play of the day. I got some phone calls in the on-deck circle. We're back after this. Nobody has to know, except for us. And that is, this holiday, give one annual membership and get one free for Masterclass. Masterclass, in case you're wondering, over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors. And they're able to teach you at your speed. Individual video lessons that easily fit into your life. Every day, about 20 lessons per class available, 10 minutes per lesson. Explore at your own pace. That's how the classes are broken down. Lessons available anytime, anywhere. Your phone, computer, tablet, smart TV. You want to learn about movie making, Martin Scorsese. Singing, 
Mariah Carey. Cooking, Gordon Ramsay. Over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors. Maybe it's a hobby you always wanted to try out. So many great things about Masterclass and the fact that you can learn at your own speed on your own time. This holiday, give one annual membership, get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash Patrick today. Masterclass.com slash Patrick. Terms apply. You can find all the classes, including the new ones, on masterclass.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is the Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh my God! The play, the play, is play. of the day. Runner left side, God! Play it and play it. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Mahomes takes the snap at his right thigh, dumps it over the middle, caught by Kelsey at the thirty, spins back up ahead, Kelsey at the fifteen-yard line, Kelsey at the ten-five, touchdown, Kansas City! In the biggest AFC West game in five years, the Chiefs put the hammer down with a 34-yard touchdown pass. Mahomes to Kelsey. That's courtesy of 106.5 The Wolf, Chiefs Radio Network, 106.5 The Wolf. Kelsey had 142 receiving yards in the fourth quarter in overtime, most by a tight end in the last 30 years. Play of the Day brought to you by Masterclass. Mariah Carey singing, cooking like Gordon Ramsay. Give them the Masterclass unlimited access to online classes from the world's best. It's a great Christmas gift. You give one annual Masterclass membership. Get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash Patrick. Terms apply. A couple of phone calls in here. Nicole in Chicago leads us off. Hi, Nicole. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. What's uh, on your mind? Five four one forty eight. I don't. Oh, I was about to say. So Dan, I've been a fan for so long. I remember when you guys, when you and Dibs came to Chicago and did the show on a porch next to Murphy's Bleachers, and you had the Bud Light guys on. I have pictures. We were in the crowd that day. Huh. So um, I've been. So Seaton, you've always been my favorite. How do you not love that laugh? Hmm. And boy band hot. No disrespect to Mrs. Seaton, but I'm really going to miss McLovin. He's over the past couple of years just really turned out to be my favorite. And I know that um, everybody wants their employees to do well. And just wanted to call and say what I, I think he's going to be really missed. Have you been drinking, Nicole? <laughs> no, that would have been if I complimented Fritzy. Oh, <laughs> wow. what a nice little shot there. Thank you, Nicole. Wow. <laughs> On a Friday, yeah. Nicole. Unnecessary. Take you that. Know, sometimes I don't know the answer to the question I'm going to ask. And, uh, that you makes... set that up very nicely. Thank for... you, Todd. Thank you. Uh, Mary Jane in Arizona joins us. Hi, Mary Jane. Hi, Dan and Danettes. It's wonderful to talk to you this morning. My comments pretty much echo what you were talking about with Brady Quinn. Um, 
I, I think gearheads, I worked with numbers people in my professional life, and there's a real tendency to think that numbers explain everything. And I think it takes a level of humility to realize life is dynamic, and you have to pay attention to the flow and ebb. And so why didn't you take the field goal at the halftime? You know, it doesn't make sense. So there's a level of humility that I think gearheads and people who are so stringent on numbers explain everything in life. Life is dynamic. I'm 5'10", I forgot. I'm 5'10", 160 pounds, and I'm 68 years old. Well, thank you, Mary Jane. And so I just hope that um, stringent coaches will, you know, look, life can be soft. Have some humility. Look at the ebb and flow, and uh, uh, continue playing great football. It's it's been a, a wild trip. I love it. Thank uh, you, Dan. Well, thank you, Mary Jane. That's uh, one hour in the books. Two more to go. Mike Florio is going to join us coming up. Going to ask him about COVID outbreak, games maybe being postponed, maybe moved. But uh, Florio will join us coming up. More phone calls as well. We'll settle on a poll question. Are you going to? You got one, McClellan? Yeah, we got a good one. Okay. One hour in the books. One more item. Hour one is complete. And when's the last time you said, you know what? I was dreaming about doing this. How about a van life? Totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. Man, they have so many options. You could tour around the country. You could visit all 423 national park sites. I counted. You could build a mountain cabin if you wanted. Every Sprinter expertly engineered. It's a blank canvas. It can be customized to be the perfect van that you want. Whatever you want to do. Whatever your dream is. And it's a Mercedes-Benz van we're talking about, so it's the best. Expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist, blind spot assist, active brake assist. Expect amazing performance and reliability with an MBUX voice command system. You get a five-star dealer network and available with the gas engine. And it's going to run, well, it'll run like a dream. So what are you saying? Go to Mercedes-Benz van dealership near you and get that Sprinter van. Take a spin and tell them your dream sent you.